What's up? Welcome into the Thoughts Podcast. I'm Ian Sork. Um, James will be joining us for the second part. Don't know how long this one's going to go because we're probably just going to go over the two title games. Uh, maybe talk a little Virginia Duke, um, ACC stuff um, on that front. Um, he's back again. Naz Spurio is with us um, or with, with me, I guess. Um, and I want to start with the Rams and Saints game. Um, you are a Rams fan, so congrats on that. Absolutely. Your team pulled out a 26-23 to victory um, in overtime. And there's – Multitude. I feel like there's a lot of places where we could start. Um, how did I guess? What, what did you think about the beginning of this game and like the way this game started? Um, you know, yeah. Like, no, I think first of all, thanks for having me back. It's a of course, it's good yeah. Um, especially if James not here, even better. We'll be but I, I think. It was it was interesting because everyone wants to draw parallels, right, to the first time they played and looking for similarities because, you know, that's just what sports commentators like to do. But I actually did see an interesting one in the beginning where when the Rams first played the Saints, it seemed like the Rams were off to a great start, like they could really do some things. And then the Saints, or excuse me, and then the Rams faked a, I believe it was a field goal or they fake a punt. I'm forgetting which, and uh, Zerline, no, not Zerline, excuse me, Hecker ran across. They marked him short. They reviewed it. It was a horrible review because he clearly got the first down, but whatever, and he didn't get it, and that kind of spurred a Saints rally and them kind of building off that. Uh, I was pretty terrified at the start of this game because the Saints were hot and Jared Goff was was cold with Gurley not being able to do much running the ball. Uh, Of course, that first pick was horrible, but then – the fake punt uh, when Hecker completed it to Sam Shields, got the first down, the Rams' first points on the board. I thought that was monumentous. So that, to me, was really the game changer that really kept it even being some semblance of competitive. No, it is it is fascinating because they scored so many points the first time, and the Saints really haven't been that great yeah. the past no. four or five weeks. And Warren Sharp actually brought up a he brought up a clip of him getting hit. Drew Brees taking a shot yeah. earlier in this, I think later on in the season. I remember what week it was. I think it was against the Falcons. And I don't like, he really hasn't been the same the last month and a no. half. And no, dude, it shows. Um, no, and he, more than that. I mean, I was, you know, I was watching him and obviously he's, he's a phenomenal quarterback and he picks apart the defense pre-snap, but I was watching that, and you know we'll get to the infamous no call at the end. But he was throwing quite a few ducks uh, that game, and and some that should have gotten picked off that didn't. Um, uh, obviously, one at the end that did. But even the the play at the end, I well, I won't jump to it. But it was stunning to me that it seemed like I don't know if it wasn't the arm strength was there. He was just tired, but it didn't seem like all of the velocity was really there. Maybe not in his legs with Drew because he was throwing some passes that really hung up there a while and should have been intercepted on a few occasions. I'm thinking of one on third and 17. He tried to hit Ted Ginn, and I think it was actually Roby Coleman who, you know, had the ball in his gut for an interception, of course, dropped it. But a lot of those things happened that really surprised me the whole game. No, it's, it's been interesting. And what, what's going, so what's going on with Todd Gurley? I mean, if you would have told (laughs) me that he goes four carries for 10, 10 yards, um, I mean, he did score a touchdown there, but and I mean, they didn't they didn't rush the ball particularly well. Um, no, well, and in fairness, the Saints do have a phenomenal rush defense. No, they do. I think second second in the regular season. But I'll I'll tell you what I you know I'm of the opinion that he's hurt. You know, Sean McVay came out today and said, "Oh, it's my fault. I should have gotten him more involved." But then again, like, what do you want McVay to say? Come out and say, "Yeah, he's hurt." Bill Belichick, get excited! Like he's not 100. percent You know. <laughs> Of course, he's not going to kind of tip his hand like that. Um, but he had a rough game. I think part of the reason he was on the bench was he just wasn't playing well. I mean, first series, series he drops a ball, leads to an interception. And then the, one of the series they were driving, drops a ball that would have led to a first and goal or potentially even a touchdown. He was not a threat out of the backfield to catch whatsoever, which is typically where you've seen a lot of value from Gurley. I think two weeks off will do him well uh, heading into the Super Bowl. But I I was some I was amazed we were able to get it done without him. And that was my takeaway. I know we're gonna get to the 
like I said, the missed call and all that. But the fact that the Rams were able to go into New Orleans, um, the most hostile environment arguably in the NFL, with a headset that didn't even freaking work from the beginning of the game. They oh, couldn't even yeah. work right. it or the volume wasn't going up, you know, utter nonsense. And, you know, and I'll ask you this, Ian, because this seems ridiculous to me. Why are fans allowed to go into an NFL stadium with whistles and blow them? That's wild. No. I mean, I was – James just entered, so he'll be joining us here shortly. Um, no, that's so wild. And that stadium was so loud, you could tell. There was multiple times where they weren't able to audible, and I feel like that's that was insane. You saw Jared Goff having having to lean over to his lineman to make sure they got they got the they got the audible, they got the play yeah. call. It was ridiculous. And Bro, at one point, did you remember when he literally jogged over to his receiver? Yeah, he had to go out. To to yeah, play? he did. He did. He had to draw like that's it out. Never happened. No, it, it's it was wild. Um, another thing is, well, but I know you want to get. The more, really, I know you want to get to. I do. I do. It's play. really int- very interesting that they Michael Thomas only went for thirty six yards on four receptions, and I feel like that yeah. was a big, big deal because outside of him, they really don't have any mm. big threats, you know. And I, no, they, I feel like that that was. No one's been able to stop him, right. and I feel like that is no, you're right. such they a big, shaded. big, big key to the game. No, nah, dude, they shaded a lot of coverage his way, absolutely, and I think it it showed having a keep to lead back. You know what an impact he had on the game. But I'll I'll be honest, and and I'm very surprised to say this, but the, my, one of my takeaways was Jared Goff actually outplayed Drew Brees in New Orleans in a playoff game. It's amazing, and. I never would have thought in a million years that that would happen, least of all in the Dome, right, in New Orleans. But we were talking about it before, you know, we went on. The overtime drive, you know, he made two completions, both sidearm. No, they were beat, great throws. No, they were. Back foot that won the game. Um, so that was just huge. But I feel like I, I gotta, I'm got i the Rams fan, so maybe I'll be biased. So just to ask you, what did you think of the end of the game? You know, the end of regulation? You know, I – it's it was a blown call. There's no doubt about 100%. it. It was a hundred percent missed, right? No doubt. I guess. I mean, I think you're you're a soccer referee, correct? Yes. Uh, as am I. As a referee, you damn the peanut gallery. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know why he's laughing. Uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> um, That's the last game that you ref. I'm a ref guy. When's the last time you ref? Why does that matter? How does it know, man? Bro, there's a feud on here right now. It's all good. <laughs> he just likes to interrupt the in, interrupt. I, the... I own virtual teams on FIFA. That doesn't make me an owner. In fairness, I don't think James could. Yeah, you never ref. You never ref a game in your life. I've refed hundreds in my life because I haven't refed a game in over a year. I'm not a ref. What are you talking about, guy? Soccer games? Yes. It's not football. <laughs> I already know what point you're going to make. Yeah, as a referee. You're going to say you don't want to decide the game? Correct. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen a call or a play where the players made it so clear that that was the call to make. I agree with you 100%. Like, no, yeah, no, you're right. I I know the point you're making. I just think this, if there was ever a call to make, you're right. You probably could have made that call. up other points that I heard him out, and he's fair. Like, it's very hard. To blame the entire sixty-plus minute game on one call, I just don't. I cannot remember one individual play that theoretically would have ended the game if they made that call. I can't remember any moment like that. But yes, they had the ball first in overtime. They had their shot to win. I just I, the point you were making. I saw where it was going. In this specific, in this specific instance, instance, I don't think yeah. that applies. But they also had their chances to win, and they were at home. Like you guys were just saying, it was a lot of sh- crap. Listen, I'm I'm with you though. I mean, it was it was a blown call. It would have ended the game. Where's my 100%. intro? Now, when you watch James live, is here. In fairness, that's it. You know, when you watch it live, in fairness, it was pretty fast. Uh, I mean, it definitely should have been a call made, but at least it was somewhat of a fast play. Not as I mean, it was obvious, but. 
I could see where you're a little hesitant. But what I will say is I tweeted this, and Ian, I know you retweeted it, and I was talking to James about it earlier. What drove me nuts is if if the defender just turns around and looks at the ball for a half second, he's going the other way for a pick six. Like, that was a – really, for life, but it worked. That was a duck. Like, I mean, Drew Brees lobbed it up there with the free safety coming down to easily at least deflect it. And I don't understand – you know, James and I were talking why – you know, in the pros, they don't always turn around, and I know you replied worse. to that on Twitter. Yeah, they just don't look. That no. was that was a theme from it the other killer. game that this conversation Naz is referring to. There, there could be ten picks every game. <laughs> there really could be ten interceptions every game. The dudes just turned around. I don't understand. It's like they don't. It's like their coach. What I was telling Naz is there's a and the game has evolved, but there's a defined route tree for wide receiver route tree where there's a yeah. set of routes and usually at certain yardages and in the game it changes because if a guy presses you I mean there's when it's man-to-man versus zone you adjust things slightly or are supposed to but there's a set of routes that you run at five yards at three at seven at ten yeah at 20 beyond 20 there's there's not really many routes you can do other than that like Post Tyree, a, do you see the Chiefs or, with yeah. Tyreek Hill when he gets like 30 yards and he's streaking across the field? He's going one direction. That's it. That's <laughs> it's it. Even as fast as he is, it took him four or five seconds to get down there. He's not going to zig back the other way. And if he right. did, then you know you need to blame your defensive line, and, and that's not really the DB's fault. But even on those, they can see where he's running. Just turn and look at it, it. Sometimes will you look too late and the ball's in the air and you can't identify it. Which is why I was saying to Naz, like, you don't have to grab, but if you just hold your hand out, you can feel where a guy is. And this is obviously easier said than done, but it's definitely better than what they're doing and how they're being coached up. No, 100%. You'll see some guys in college, because I think the rule is slightly different, where they just put their hands up. They, like, won't look back. They'll put their hands up. up. I think in the NFL, you're not allowed to do that. I, Someone, if they listen, will correct me. I know, like, face guarding or whatever. But if you're going to do – why not just turn around if you're going to do that? Yeah. Like – in the, especially in the yeah, end zone, you see it a lot. Like, if there's a guy running a route and he's three yards from the sideline, five yards deep in the end zone, there's really – it's either the ball's either going to his back shoulder or the back pylon. That's it. Once you enter the end zone, turn around, have a hand on him, not, like, grabbing him, and look for the ball. And, I mean, once that happens, it'll be very – like, if it ever happens – It'll be very interesting to see how, how the passing game goes from there. Because that doesn't yeah, QB, require pass interference. QB Just turn around and look. Here's one thing that's interesting is I guess there's actually a rule in the NFL rule book that states that, theoretically speaking, Roger Goodell has the power to go back, put reverse the call, yeah. put those two teams <laughs> on the field with the same in the same same down, same Holy time left. Crap. It's actually that would never happen. It's actually in the rule book, and I think that there no was way. a lawyer and no uh, there was a law firm in um, in Louisiana, or, yeah, oh. New Orleans, who was actually trying to take action upon that uh, upon that rule. I there's, no, there's no, there's also no I precedent for that ever happening because this isn't the first time there's been a blown call. Obviously, that one was terrible, so it's Listen, not going to happen. Look, I'm a Rams fan, and I get that we got really lucky, and obviously, I was really happy about that. But again. There were missed calls throughout this game. I mean, for the the Rams drive before the Saints um, got uh, before that Saints drive, their last Saints drive in regulation. Jared Goff was scrambling inside the five, went down the two, and had his face mask tugged on second and goal. That would have set up first and goal from the one. Chances are they score a touchdown there. So are you going to move it back to that play to give on a very clear face mask the Rams first and goal on the one? No, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very it's slippery a slope to go down. I mean, obviously that rule is. Shocked that that rule even exists. Um, how it's, much? Yeah. It's just unfortunate, hey, right? Because like, you, no one wants to win like that. And it's again, not, the Saints not. got the ball to start over. Shit, they care. did. They still controlled their destiny. I, I just for <laughs> that to be the biggest talking point from that game is unfortunate. But I mean, Rams and Saints have been there all year, so it's not like the Rams are undeserving of playing in the Super Bowl and representing the NFC. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you, let me say one more thing about, because, you know, Sean McVay is my hero for so many reasons. You know, young guy, up and coming coach of the year. Um, Hopefully his client soon dating a 
beautiful woman. I mean, just all around amazing. Um, so he's a baller, but he kind of disappointed me at a few points in this game. Number one, not going for it on the fourth and one or inches from the goal line. Uh, didn't like that he chose to kick a field goal there. And what surprised me, this isn't disappointment, but really surprised me was in overtime. They had, you know, first and 10 at the 40 or like the 42 of New Orleans. And they ran a conservative setup. Like they ran a run and then a dump off to Higby, which is a great throw by Goff as he's getting sacked. And then a screen pass and picked up three yards because he was so confident that Zerline could make a 57-yard field goal, which, by the way, I don't know what the metrics are, but I think that thing would have been good. That's for my seven. next point. How much – I mean, you got to sign, like, after watching the playoffs and seeing just kickers have been struggling more, I think, since they actually moved the field goal back to – Extra point. Extra point, sorry. Yeah. Extra point, thank you. To, like, what is it now, 28 yards? 20, damn, 30. 30 yards? It's a 30-yard um, field goal. Yeah, 30-yard yeah, field goal. Um, and this dude – Hits the hits the hits at the tie for forty eight right end of regulation, and and then and he and then for fifty seven just sends it through the uprights. It's loud as hell in there. Like that was like Venetari esque, right? I feel like I'm. I mean, that actually was like, and you gotta pay that dude next year. I feel like because kickers matter a lot, and that dude sent that. That thing was good, like you said. That thing, that, that thing was good from seventy. They were like seven and zero without him at the beginning of the year. Zerloin, <laughs> they were rocking with like they were scooping up kickers left and right. No, because he was hurt. That's oh, it. They were, they, those kickers were missing. Shit. I know. Like, they saying, were winning because like okay. yes, you pay him whatever going rate for kickers are, but like that's not winning. You know, like Ian's I mean, just a little uh, right, right. sentimental because he's a kicker himself. I, I think. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. There's a cap space. Of course, bro. There's other positions that are obviously, more valuable. Obviously. Obviously. You're making it sound like he should be the next $200 million. No, man. I mean, I'm just saying you should. Mahomes money? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> start. Bro, Johnny, you know, Johnny Hecker's QBR was like the best of it, either quarterback. I think he needs a pay rate. Oh, the punter, that punter, yeah. right? Yeah, no, he can toss that thing. You know, he is, I mean, obviously, he's now he's not. 12 for 20 all-time in completions, but 11 of his 12 completions went for first downs. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, no, well, congrats, buddy. That's, yeah, baby. That's a big one. That's, that's a tough one. That's a, that's, a, that's a tough win, no doubt. Um, this next game, AFC title, another OT game. Like you said, Ness, best championship day I can remember. Yeah. And it's, we're only we're all twenty six here, so it's been like we have years and years to look back upon. But like twenty five. Thirty seven to thirty one. James, this is the game you actually got to uh to watch, right? Correct. Um were you surprised that they were able to hold the Chiefs that the Patriots were able to Absolutely hold not. the Chiefs to zero points at halftime? And what do you think of this, like, just the way that game started? I mean, Brady, they, the pads come out, they run it down their throats. If Brady doesn't throw that that interception in the red zone, they're up 14 nothing. And I just feel like the game, I feel like they could have had a much a bigger lead. At well, it was 14 nothing at halftime anyway. It could have been 21. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. No, very. Uh, but it could have been 14 nothing after that play. Right. That's what I was saying. Sorry. Uncharacteristic. That, that was a strange one, for sure. I had. Three, four main talking points that, that came from this game for me, and then I'm exiting the pod and letting you guys go back to regular scheduled programming. Brady versus Belichick. Brady versus Mahomes. And then a few huge calls that, that swung the game. I bring up Brady versus Belichick because I feel like in the aftermath, like in the immediate – I guess um, right after who gets most credit, it feels like Brady, right? Goat talk, nine Super Bowls, et cetera, et cetera. I can't help. And does he deserve credit a thousand percent? He's 41 years old. But for me, what Ian just like stifling the Chiefs offense that first half. We saw what he did to the freaking Chargers last week. Why? like? 
Am I the only one on here out of three of us that I like Belichick deserves way more praise than Brady from what we're watching this postseason from a team that nobody loved all year? I'll say more. Way more is a, a, a lot. I mean, because Brady's had some big moments, but I mean, you're right. I, I Patrick Mahomes had like one of the maybe like the five or six greatest quarterback seasons ever. Like 50 touchdowns, threw for a bunch of yards. Andy Reid. He's a good play caller, right? He's I don't blame Andy Reid in this game at all. I I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. Belichick like, is going in another up, class. You're going up against a great offense, historically great offense, and they couldn't score in the first half. I, I, I part told, of that. I totally that's why agree. I just. I. I. And I was telling the, Naz. I was telling Naz. Outside of their secondary in Hightower, I don't. I can't name another guy on their front seven. Van Noy. I mean, it's only because it's like they're on all the they're, time. Yeah, but like I'm like Adrian Claiborne, who you let go. Sick. Yeah, Bucks really killing it. They can draft well, but they can't retain players. So, but these are but everything you just said points to Belichick deserving more credit than Brady. Bro, I'll I'll go one further. I think two things. One, well, I've I'm like a known. Maybe I'll become known after this, but I I'm a Brady hater. Uh, like I I've always. Well, you also hate MJ. Yeah, well, I don't hate MJ. That's not true. Well, you'll love my second point on this because well, it actually on, defends on. LeBron Let me a little bit. my point first, which is that I think that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the history of sports. Like, not just football, all sports, number one. And number two is that he should get an obscene amount of credit for all the points that you talked about, which was holding the Chiefs down. And in reality, if you were to look at Brady's stat line, and D Ford does not. I got it pulled up. Moronically line up. Pulled up. But if he doesn't moronically line up offsides, Brady's going to end with less than 300 yards passing, one touchdown, and three picks. Two of those picks in the red zone that would have cost yep. him 14 points. So it's so hard because, like, you get into the rings argument, and he was clutch. Like early on, he was clutch as hell. But they won because of defense yeah. and him in big moments. And then later on, they got crazy with the offense. Didn't win those years. Which but finally, weird, right? like, you had these big crazy, you had that cra- big just a very unique Moss. career arc. Kind of like what we talk about with MJ, where, okay. like, the story is so hard. Like, since Belichick took over with Brady in New England, what is their record? Like, since Brady was the starter— I think their record without over seventy five percent win percentage. I would yeah. have to, uh, over seventy five. I mean, it's insane. Their win percentage without Brady is just as good. Like Garoppolo. Yeah, it's small sample size, but yeah, the I one season with Matt Castle. Matt Castle comes in pr- with eleven. He goes eleven and four. Then he eleven goes and five. Vikings, he eleven and four. Yeah, yeah. Starting job, and then you know, and they by the way they missed the playoffs that year, which was ridiculous. And you know, yeah. Garoppolo can't win. Jacoby Brissett is winning games. It's it's remarkable what this guy is able to do, and it's even more remarkable when you factor in the fact that he gets his assistant coaches all go get head coaching jobs and just can't cut it. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, he, I, he is the everyone great- else was shocked last week. This week, I wasn't shocked at all. Nothing he does shocks me anymore. And I actually picked the Eagles last year just because I thought Peterson had the balls to go all the way and not stop against them. I don't know if that's going to be my pick again this year, but well, the Eagles aren't in it. So really, like the best, the best, like the whole the stupid yeah. saying, like the best defense is the best offense, and vice versa. The real reason that the Chiefs were held to zero in the first half was the Patriots' running game. Yeah, and timely first downs. I, I mean, that's like if you go it's, the worst case scenario for Kansas City was. Two three and outs, and the Patriots having the ball for ten plus minutes to start the game. Yeah, and that's what happened. And that's that's Belichick. A thousand. But does it help that you got a guy who I don't even know how many freaking games Brady's played? Like, does he make calls in the running game yet? Like, you know, like he's a part of it. I'm not taking anything away from him. I just watching the game and how Belichick is just puppet mastering the just just the puppet master on everywhere. His fingerprints are all over the game. And you look at Brady to, to Naz's point, the only stat that he beat Mahomes in, two of them, which were total yards, 
Which isn't really. Which was on I mean, 15 more passes. Yeah. And, and so Mahomes threw 31, Brady threw 45. 46, 46, and then yeah. QBR, which is interesting, which is supposed to be a more, I guess, a better depiction of how a quarterback plays. Mahomes was 73, which I believe they say like 75 is an MVP level. Yeah. 73, Brady's was 80.9, which it does take into account like timely throws and stuff like that. But one touchdown, two picks, should have been three. Okay. That shows that stat sucks. There's no possible way that you can tell me that Brady played at an well above MVP level when he threw an interception on the one-yard line, the most timely thing ever that cost him seven points, and then got bailed out by a penalty throw another one. I guess in fairness, Gronk did drop it. But still, like, what's funny? I mean, he is, was he was really good on NOT. I mean, they had multiple. They converted, but multiple that's Brady, right? Third down. Is the like third downs. Yeah, I mean, he, Hogan made an unbelievable one-handed grab. Oh yeah, Edelman was making plays. But I mean, he throw to, to the, the thing with Brady though, and this is where I'll give him credit. Even though he's just a statue standing back there, those catches you're talking about, he's thrown into tight, tight windows. Very tight windows, right? He's not getting a ton of separation from these guys, but no. it's repetition, repetition, repetition. I mean, they just—you can tell how confident they are in it. And no, I mean, you've been throwing to Gronk and Edelman for as long. So that as was that was my first yeah. one, and I think part of it why I also feel like Belichick deserves more credit than Brady. Which, if that's how we're thinking about, I mean, that's just the question that I posed. The one thing you can say about in another sport, Braun versus Kobe and MJ. I just use those two because Phil was their coach for every single championship. Is LeBron has done it with multiple regimes, different coaches, different systems, different players. Not as many, right? But at least we've seen that he he didn't quote unquote need the coach, need the sidekick, right? right. Which is a lot of the argument with Scotty and Phil, et cetera. So like we've never seen Brady do it without Belichick. We've almost seen Belichick do it without Brady, right? Full yeah. season goes 11-4. and four. They missed the playoffs because the AFC was absurd that year. So my second one, not to hijack this, was Brady versus Mahomes, which might be a lot quicker because we kind of touched on it anyway. I would say just like visually, I'll let you guys talk more on it, just throw it out there. Mahomes was more impressive, especially considering he was going up against Belichick and <laughs> – scheme and everything. Yeah. Brady was big in moments, but I was very impressed with Patrick Mahomes. He didn't shy away at all. No, no he, he was he was really good. I I felt like he missed a couple throws that he yeah. typically makes him I'll say, yeah, wrong I, there I, that. I just, that. There's some throws there where I, I was like I felt like he hits that majority of the time and yeah, he, he just didn't make the, him into the first half he missed uh uh Williams in for a touchdown that would have you know made it seven and seven and then the thing that killed me was then he took a sack on the next play that bumped him out of field goal range. Patriots go down and, and take the lead, 14-0 at half. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think he looked amazing, and he's clearly incredibly talented. But the comparisons to Brett Favre make a lot of sense because he's definitely a gunslinger, and he's definitely at this point in his career, he's still very young, and it shows, right? Like, Brady does not do stupid stuff anymore. Like, even his No, he doesn't. No, I mean, that just comes with time and repetition, like right. James said. No picks, though. No, no, yeah. didn't turn it no, over. No picks. One thing they were able to do that I don't think anybody in their right mind who pays attention to this game at all thought they could do was defend Tyreek Hill. He had one catch. I was about to say for forty-two yards and Travis Kelsey. and Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in football, the three catches for twenty-three yards. Combined four for sixty-five. Insane. And he Kelsey had a tutty, but Kelsey did have a tutty. Yeah, he did. But I mean, that's why. Uh, that's why you know it's Belichick. I'll be ha- like I'll be. I'll definitely be happy for you if the Rams can pull off the Super Bowl, Naz. But Belichick's no, a bad boy, man. It's it's, it's, it's going to be tough, man. It's it's going to be very tough. It's so. Tough. Last thing that with that game for me, and then I'll let you guys bring up talking points. There was a the, the offside was unreal. Obviously, the right call, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, another big one. 
was the roughing the passer. Chandler, Chris Jones, not Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones on the Cardinals. I think it's Chris, Chris Jones. Jones. Yeah. Comes through. He's being blocked oh, and missing, actually yeah. hits Brady straight on the shoulder. They missed that. Doesn't get head at all. Brady actually throws the ball with his eyes closed. Just ducks it up. I don't know how it wasn't picked off. But either way, it was third down. Change of possession. And they call roughing the passer. Huge. On the flip side, a couple possessions later, Sammy Watkins' obvious pick 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 play play, goes for a touchdown. Right, so two huge ones. But argument can be made if the first one isn't called, the second one doesn't even need to happen, right, because Pat's ended up – like, Chiefs wouldn't have needed – either way. No, sure. Just crazy that – I mean, you had that like, was called roughing the passing. No, it was. You had like four big, big, and big plays that like four impactful calls. Like the Edelman almost touching it. Like oh, he, crazy. He, he, didn't he, I, I, he knew I, it. It he didn't touch him. Touch it didn't touch him. So like, good on the ref for making. I thought that was the right call. Hogan, dude. Hogan with the one-handed catch that almost hit the ground, but it didn't. I feel like I'm missing another one. Was it? Was there another one that they reviewed? Well, he. Well? Th- I think there was another one that he did drop. That's they it. Yeah, and they that did. He, they yeah. said he caught, but he actually didn't. And That's right. It. Right. That's right. So the review. I mean, the review did come through in that game, a, a few yeah. times, which is good to see. Can we? Go ahead. Sorry. Um. It was a rough, rough day to be a, a rough. Yeah, rough day to be a, a ref <laughs> for sure. Uh, they had a, a tough go of it. I I was I was really surprised actually with that um the review with Edelman touching it because what I was most surprised of is like, Julian, what the hell are you doing even right. getting near the ball? No doubt. Like, he that definitely just, deserved for that ball, to, which it ended up, he created an interception moments later. We talked about this. So right. poetic justice, ball don't lie. Ball don't lie um, et cetera. One to you, the last key play for me from my memory bank was Mahomes, to your guys' point, a throw that it was still like in a silo. It was an impressive throw. He was on the run. Um, it was when they got the ball back with like 38 seconds left. Oh, yeah. On the run. Mm-hmm. And the running back, Nick Williams, I believe is who he threw it to, made a great catch oh. running down the sideline. But the, I guess what could have taken them to another level, and there's no guarantee that they go tutty because. You saw when they got down there that the Pats kind of went into this mini field prevent thing. But for me, the all-timer throw, right, and I think he had the angle, was actually a little bit over the top, let him run under it. Because the defender, like me and I talked about earlier, was not looking at Mahomes, had no idea where the ball was coming from, was beat by a few yards. And if he lets – he hits the guy in stride rather than – a bullet where he has to die for it and can't run after it. Cause that also they run, run up and stop the clock. If he throws that again, he's on the run. Like we're picking needles here, but like what they could have actually won the game in regulation is if yeah. he hits him in stride running down the sideline, lets him run. I mean, again, on TV, it's hard to see the whole field, but like I'm willing to bet he had another 10, 20 yards, if not more and could have got out of bounds. Right. Yeah. I thought that was huge. Looked like a great play. Could have been even bigger. I don't know if you guys remember that play that I'm referring to. I do. No. Oh, I yeah, hundred um, percent. Definitely important. Could have been. It could have been big. I want to ask you about this, both of you. What's up? I, me and James feel a certain way about Tony Romo, and I feel like everybody <laughs> loves this dude in the way that he can predict predict the play calls. And I was telling James last night. I was like. Are we going to say that if we threw Peyton Manning in the booth, that the same thing wouldn't happen and he probably would be better at it? Like, I don't remember Tony Romo being some sort of guru at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I'm sure he knows what's going on, but I don't know. Like, I like it sometimes, but I don't think it's nearly as impressive as people think it is because I feel like there's football heads that played that can do that. I'll let Naz go first. Well, I will say this. You know, it's it's not as if he has a whole lot of competition when you're comparing him to, like, Troy Aikman. <laughs> I actually you know, like Chris Collinsworth. I'm not a – yeah, Aikman. No, Aikman's not that Eber good. Great and then he drops the ball, and if he had caught it, it would have been better. <laughs> yes, like, okay. Thanks, so, Troy. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Troy. Back back to – go back to sleep. 
Um, Chris Collinsworth, by the way, I actually am becoming a big fan of. Like, I used to really dislike him. Good. And now I've become a big fan of Chris Collinsworth because, I mean, his laugh and it's just, you know, the same things are coming. It just, it's grown on me. I don't know. He you know, the classic, like, sure. when he's like, wow. Like, he does that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just like that cackle. <laughs> yeah, but I love it. Um, on the Roma point, though, I, it is impressive. I mean, no doubt he's calling out all these plays. and He called uh, the Gronk play. He called the that, touchdown play over time. He had a draw. He's like, third and 17, the only way you can do this is line up and do run a draw, and they ran a draw. I mean, it was – it was really remarkable. I've heard a bunch of conspiracy theories that I think are all kind of crap, but conspiracy um, theories. I enjoy it. Um, I think it's great. And I actually think he's, he, he also puts like emotion into it, right? Like he really is, is feeling it when he talks and gets excited. I think he's the best commentator out there. Again, maybe bad competition, but I think he's the best. Color guy. The only reason that I dislike it sometimes is that he's so good and he's so right that, like, I know what's going to happen. There's no intrigue. I'm like, all right, well, he's going to throw it to Gronk. Like, no, he called that. He, they said you know, if the safety comes down, Gronk, Gronk single man coverage, it's going to go to him, and he was right. And then he also, I think, called the run play as well at the end. So it's impressive. When I – no, he – I'll say this. I've come to appreciate it. I think why I hated it at the start was, like, it was like the exact, it was like, rather than in like, look for this. And if that, if you see that, they'll probably do this. Like, I actually thought he was adding a lot of value last, was it last night? Two, two nights, nights ago. ago. <laughs> two nights ago to the, the telecast. I think he, and it's so new, like it's either a love or hate thing. And I hated it at first, but I think he's toned it back. And I like that he's like, putting it in perspective to say like, if this happens, look for this and recalling on history where I think what you guys are referring to is like the, the fourth and inches Brady's love doing QB sneaks. But he said, if they take that away, look for the run. And earlier in the game, they took away, I think they didn't do either one and it didn't work if I remember correctly. And then yeah. when it came down to it, they did do the outside zone, like, Gronk went in motion, he called that, and they ran outside zone, and Michelle walked in. So, like, that that was cool because he's like, look for this, and if they do that, they'll do this rather than, like, not to repeat myself, but when he first saw it, he was, like, literally calling the It was play just like, watch, before for, a, watch the play. for a run right here, and then, oh, okay. Right, it was for, like, oh, my watch God. For like, a, watch for a short route over the middle, and then, all right, and then we would just keep calling out plays, but there was no context. For I actually think so. the weak point in that telecast now is Nance, which I said all along, I don't think he knows how to interact with what Romo does. No, he doesn't. And there was a couple moments where I was like, what What did Nance just say? Like, I think he even misspoke one time. Like, he just <laughs> yeah. said the wrong word. I was just like, this is like an all-timer play-by-play guy. Probably better known for like golf, but I don't think he knows how to interact with Romo. And I think that is where Collinsworth has arguably the greatest play by play guy ever, Al Michaels. That helps. Like yeah, they have they great chemistry. Really well. I, I do love that Romo is definitely having fun. You can see that he loves what he's doing and it is different. And it's different in a good way, at least. He's better than, he's, scaled he's it better than Jason like, Wood. No but doubt. Collinsworth. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God! You can't be worse. But Collinsworth, um, his oh, sliding slide is definitely the most sliding. elite. You know, and opening opening frame and his sliding hand. There's so nothing great. better. I forgot about nothing that. It's funny though. That. <laughs> quick tidbit before I jump off is the guys who run Sunday night with because Al Michaels used to be on Monday night with mm. Madden. Um, is they all went together to NBC for Sunday Night Football. And Monday Night Football used to always have the always best games, the big, no, was the, big, was the best yeah, telecast. It and it shifted about 10 years ago when Al Michael got there. The and NBC, they yeah. started getting all the best games. Um, and the production was way better than everything else. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's I, – I don't even know how many – other if unless it was the Packers, I just – I mean, Monday Night Football is not anything like it used to be. And no, Sunday Night is so much better. I agree. Honestly, so much I think this is a worthy conversation to have, which is who are the greatest, you know, football commentators of all time and where would we rank them? I mean, that's, this really has me thinking now. I'm trying to remember, is it 
is it Gus Johnson who had probably the the greatest playoff call of all time? It was a couple years ago when the Chiefs like had an interception. Gus Johnson. Got Gus Johnson. For me, he's like way over the top. He's Gus like Johnson. he's a better version of Tessitor who just yells. But Gus but, actually. But you know what I'm talking about though when he when he had the voice crack and he's like. Oh, I think me and James have a memory of him calling the Texas USC game from regular Craig, season. Yeah. Regular season and the six a, foot six guy. We, was, if you didn't, if you weren't deaf, <laughs> you knew how tall that guy was, and was, you would never ever forget it. Six foot six inches, and he said it like three times. Six <laughs> foot six inches, and he just kept on saying it every time he made a catch, and it was like. We got it, dude. He's tall. We understand. And he's good. I honestly think – I think the combo starts and ends with Al Michaels. And then a lot of people – I am, again, there's another one where, like, I'd like to see Romo and Buck because I, I like Joe Buck a lot. He's really good, and he does a lot of different sports. To me, it's Al Michaels. I think Michaels. Aikman brings him down. Dude, Joe Buck is way better in baseball. No doubt. And that's what his dad did. Base, like, that's – I think that's his, definitely his specialty, whereas, like, Nance, his specialty is golf. Um, right. But Mike, I mean, Michaels can do everything. He's done everything. Why am I blanking? I want to see Tony Romo and Charles. I just blanked out. Mike Tirico, who he's probably going to, he's going to, he's going to be, he's going to take out Michael's spot when Michael's retires. Cause, and he's really good and he can call football, basketball. I mean, I'm, I'm high on him. So, I mean, I think he'll do a great job in the booth from NBC once Michael's steps down. Um, but no. All right, hang on. Last, last thing is, who's the guy, the basketball commentator that always yells bang? Mike Breen. Mike Breen's three. good. Is that I like Mike Breen. I like him. I'm a big fan. I like fan. Mike Breen. I, I'm not sure I'm a big fan. I'm not a big Van Gundy or, or Mark Jackson fan anymore. Oh, my God. They were good like 10 years ago. I, I, back in the late 2000s, I, maybe, maybe it was just the time and there wasn't that many guys doing it yet. Dude, but, like, I just feel it's like I actually like Doris Burke on the call. Sorry, way better. Oh my god, awesome! She's so much better. Um, No, I I agree with you there. But to get back to the Patriots thing, I know you hate them. (laughs) I just I don't think we. I'm thinking about like the run, and I just because me and James talk about impressive dynasties, and like he's very impressed with the Warriors. I'm impressed with like Bama. I mean, I'm impressed with the Warriors, but like. This is another level. Like, and I used to be someone that really, I, I would say earlier in the decade, I, I, w- I would be fine with the Patriots losing. You know, I appreciate it. But, and I know they're playing your squad, and it's kind of poetic that they started out the, they started exactly. out the, the, the whole I'm entire dynasty that. 18 years ago yep. with this game, mm-hmm. Pats Rams. And now Eating we're, yeah, now we're ending this, this decade. Possibly this dynasty with Pat's Rams and nine Super Bowls over an 18 year period, four out of five, three out of four. It's, I don't know. We'll never see anything like this again in any sport. And to do it in this sport like football, where there's short careers, coaches are in and out. I don't know, man. It's, It's unreal. So I a few years ago I transitioned from absolutely hating just hating everything about the Patriots and being a hater to now really disliking the Patriots but respecting them for what they are which is the greatest sports dynasty probably ever I mean in the modern day with salary caps and players egos and people moving around to be able to do all those things you just said I mean it's nothing short of insane and I don't think we'll ever see it again I, I can't envision it possibly happening that. Another team gets to nine Super Bowls in such a short span of time. It's absolutely remarkable. Now, what I will say that gives me a little bit of hope for the Rams in the Super Bowl, because I am I'm relatively confident it'll be inside, which I think is good for our L.A. boys. Uh, but also the fact that they the Rams did a much, much better job. And we didn't talk on the, about this earlier, but a much better job against the run than I thought they would. No, they, they did. I was actually going to bring that up. Uh, I know. I don't know why. I think I got sidetracked. James walked in. They they held him to. I have to go look at the total, but it was really low. Kamara couldn't tough. get it going. I'm looking at it now. They had 48 yards rushing on 21 attempts. It was amazing. And uh, you know, and Donald Sue was actually getting really great pressure this time. Obviously, Donald's amazing. 
Um, and of course, I'm willing to bet that the Patriots will have you know incredible schemes and and all that stuff. And they do have great running backs themselves. I mean, Sony Michelle's a beast. But if we are able to get the same type of D line pressure, because you would think that the Saints had one of the best, if not the best, offensive lines in football. Um, certainly, most would consider better than the Patriots. Um, if the Rams D line is able to play like that again. They can win the Super Bowl. And when you look back at the only times Brady's lost the Super Bowl or the three games he's lost, um, the things that gave him issues both time with the Giants and then, of course, with the um, Eagles last year, even though he still threw for an absurd amount of yards, was pressure, you know, defensive line pressure, just getting to him. And the Rams' defensive line is stellar. And I think if for nothing else, it would be poetic justice for the Rams to, I don't know if they'll be able to start a dynasty of their own, but at least get a Super Bowl and hopefully signal the end. I mean, I don't know if it'll ever end, but the, the maybe the, the maybe the end. I don't know, but of the Patriots, you know, reign of terror. It's been no, it's it's nuts. <laughs> um, it's yeah, the biggest matchup to me is going to be the Rams D line versus Dante Scarnescia, which is the Patriots yeah. offensive line coach. I'm not even saying the O line because yeah. I don't think they have the talent. Like you, you can't stop Aaron Donald. Dominican Sue is a football. But that no. O-line coach is probably the best O-line coach in all of football, and he's been there for the whole entire run. And to me, it's going to come down to scheme and how and how they teach these guys to, to try and defend Donald and, and Sue. And Donald, to me, is just next level at what he does. It's it's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely absurd. Absolutely. And that, to me, is going to be the big, the big difference maker. Um, I think I'm good on football for now. Um, we'll do a we'll we'll do a preview. Yeah, we'll we'll do a preview. Um, probably next next week. Is it coming up January? Tw- is it next weekend or the weekend after? I think it's no, it's the weekend after. Weekend after this. The one. weekend so after. This. We'll do a preview next week, um, and we'll 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 we'll, we'll do. Yeah, no. Spoiler alert. Just in case you wanted to wanted a preview <laughs> of Naz's pick, but we'll try and do a deep dive into the game and. Probably talk about the season as a whole and the playoffs and, you know, how these two teams were probably unlike, like, they weren't favored. I think a lot of people had the Patriots losing sometime in the playoffs to, to the Chiefs, if not the Chargers. And then the Rams, you know, secondary has been kind of iffy at times. Um, golf can get rattled, but they showed up on Sunday. So did you want to do any, any UVA Duke to end right here for a few minutes? Don't want to go too long. Uh, well, I'll say this. Yeah, I don't want to go too long. Um, but I, you know, watched that game. Fun fact: it was uh, Saturday was my anniversary, oh, uh, my girlfriend, four-year anniversary. And we, oh, thank you. So we um, we went to dinner, and she made a reservation for seven thirty. Right, and the game started at six. Uh, started a little bit later, and it was about you know seven twenty, uh, and it was still. The second half was maybe a couple minutes in, and I looked and I said, "Hey, I'm sorry, we gotta eat from the bar. Like we can't be uh can't be going to the nice table. There. We wow. gotta sit here and watch the game." Was she mad? At, was she no how doubt? She feel yeah, about hey, that? I, I, no, she, she likes UVA too. Um, so it, it was fine. Uh, I was a little sad, obviously, that that we lost, but going into Cameron's a brutal place to play, and I thought that we played pretty well. And I think both teams have a lot they can take away from it. As a UVA fan, right, like. Only lost by two, which is nice. But also, um, we shot three for 17 from three, I think, right? Like, that is statistically significantly worse than UVA typically does. I mean, Kyle Guy, I think, was like one for five. Or no, yeah, you two guys for five, much two for, better no, two from, for six. from deep. Ty Jerome was one for five. Right. Like, we can shoot a lot better. That said, Duke yeah. was missing Trey Jones, right? So, I think – that the rematch at JPJ, especially if Jones is back, is going to be really, really exciting. And my only takeaway, this will be a nice way for me to end what I'm saying on the pod, but is that we're going to UVA and Duke are going to play three more times this year in college. I basketball. think that's yeah. They're going to play once at JPJ. They're going to play once in the ACC championship, and then yeah, they're going no, to play again I, in the final four. I, I agree. And this Duke defense with Trey Jones is one of the better Duke defenses we've seen like this decade. And, and I know I texted you and to me, like, yeah, no, he is. He's great. And to me, Barrett was good 
they didn't Duke didn't shoot the ball from three very well, but they don't shoot it from three very well in general. This is probably one of the worst no. three point shooting teams K's had in a few years. Yeah. Is Zion, man. I just that that kid is ridiculous. I texted you when he dunked. He's fun to watch, but he plays hard. so damn hard. And he's he flows, he's got a feel for the game. Um I, I love I love watching that kid play. He, he, it's a show. It's a show. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. So Duke, I mean, I know Trey Jones is out, but Duke only played seven guys against UVA. And one of them fouled out. So they really were only going with like six. So all their big three yeah, played White almost played the 40, entire Garrett game. played 40. Or, yeah, you think really that's did. Yeah. Are you worried? Are you worried about that come March when these guys just start playing 40 minutes for a consecutive mm-hmm. games? Or the ACC tournament um, right when you play every maybe day? Maybe a little, but – I don't really feel bad for like nineteen year olds who are play basketball all the time. Like I'm twenty I'm twenty six. If I got into shape if I got into shape and I mean if I got into shape and I had the care that they had, I mean they they don't I mean at twenty six I feel like if I got into game shape I could play a lot. So like I don't know, I don't I mean you worry about it, but I don't think so. I mean yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're going to be good. Yeah, I wouldn't worry and about it, Like you said, they're going to play a few more times, I'd imagine. So, awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us. Um, Naz, thank you again for coming on. We'll probably have you on again sometime next week. Um, if you haven't, give Naz a follow on Twitter. I'll include him in the tweet when we tweet out the podcast. Also, we should know my my Twitter account is Naz Attack, but I spelled it without attack without a C because when I was a little kid, it was cool to not spell things correctly, and I kind of regret man. that really now. Does. But I feel yeah, like it gives go. my account flavor. a little bit of character. No so. doubt, awesome. I'm at Ian Soar. James is at Jimmy T10. Um, until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Soar. James is at Jimmy T10.